You've hit your approach shot and you've missed the green. What should be your expectation on whether you're going to get up and down or not for par? Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. I appreciate you being here. I'd like to apologize. I seem to have taken a bit ill. I've caught a cold that my daughter brought home from from school, apparently. And uh, so it's caused my voice to be a little... I don't know if it's if it's better or worse than it normally is, but it definitely sounds different, at least in my stuffed up head. So I apologize if I am not as understandable or less understandable. I don't know which one it is, but I will try to enunciate today and hopefully that will be helpful. I noticed yesterday that it was difficult to understand what I was saying. So we'll try to do better today, but grateful to have you here. I'm excited about today's topic sort of continuing along the idea of the data that matters and setting up benchmarks so we have proper expectations on our performance in 2019, we're now moving on to around the green. You've hit your approach shot and you've missed the green. So now we're approached with, okay, what are reasonable expectations for getting up and down from either a greenside bunker or from just around the green in, in the rough or on the apron or whatever? So. What shall we expect? What's realistic? What is reasonable for us as amateurs to get up and down and save par? So again, we've gone to the PGA Tour and looked at their stats. I've pulled down, essentially opened up scrambling, which is essentially when you miss the green and you get up and down, you try to get up and down to save par. And I've also pulled up sand save percentage. And we're going to look at both of those. So first, let's just start with scrambling. That seems to be the one that is that happens most often, and it, it shows in the, the data as well from pgtour.com's stats webpage. In first position, Webb Simpson, who had a great year last year, played very well, got another victory. 66% of the time, he will get up and down for par when he misses a green. So pretty impressive. That was higher than I thought it would be. In 193rd spot, so very last, Andrew Yoon, who I don't really know, but he would get up and down. If he missed the green, he would get up and down 44% of the time. Harold Varner III sits in our favorite spot, 96th, right in the middle. We're saying is 58%. That's sort of the benchmark, what we've been using as our benchmark. The average on tour is around 58%. Well, the person who's in the middle has 58%, and that's just to keep it simple, that's where we're going. I don't want to get into it with the academics who are listening and say that's not the real average. Yeah, I get it. But we're just saying this is the middle guy. He's getting up and down 58% of the time, okay, as a benchmark for us to kind of look at in order to help us create realistic goals. Now, some of the, I just went ahead and pulled down seven other folks that we might be interested in, and, and one kind of jumped out and shocked me. The person who missed the green most often out of the, I guess it's 10 that I pulled out, was Phil Mickelson. He missed the green 550 times. And he's also the worst on this list, at least of the seven that I pulled out, 
he only he got up and down 58% of the time. And I was surprised by that because we talk so much about his wizardry with the wedges. But let me read some other names that finished above him then. At number four for scrambling is Tiger Woods. He got up and down 64% of the time, which is truly amazing because he went through the chipping yips. If you remember at the Hero World Challenge two, three years ago, it was brutal to watch. So to come in, not being sure if you're going to be able to play 12 months ago, and then come in and finish fourth on the PGA Tour for the scrambling number is unbelievable to me. So amazing. Bravo. Really impressive. At number 12, Brooks Kepka. I was also a little surprised by this because he's known as one of the, you know, one of the bash brothers and he hits it a long way and he overpowers courses and he and Dustin Johnson are monsters, but top 20 in scrambling. So super impressive. Brooks Kepka, number 12. Number 14, Ricky Fowler, up and down at a high percentage. Gets up and down 63% of the time, as does Dustin Johnson at number 23. Justin Thomas at number 24 at 62%. Jordan Spieth is also at 62% at number 31. So you see there's this, there's this bunch from 31 all the way up to four is 62 to 64%. And then Phil Mickelson, I, I mentioned at 91st, gets up and down 58% of the time. Pretty interesting stuff there. So our, I'm going to say here for, for us, our benchmark or our goal in order to manage expectations would be around 50 to 60%. We're amateurs right? So 50 to 60%. If we can perform with getting up and down 50 to 60% of the time, then that would say that our game's in pretty good shape. It's tour quality. And as amateurs, that should be good enough. So if it, it falls below that, where we're only getting up and down 20, 30, 40% of the time, then we would spend some time chipping and working on our short game, getting up and down. Okay, let's jump to sand save percentage. The number one best player for getting up and down out of, out of the sand in 2018 was Ben Crane. And he did it, unbelievably, 66% of the time. So he got up and down from the sand as often as Webb Simpson got up and down from around the green, which I thought was unbelievable. 66% of the time up and down from the sand. If you get an opportunity to get a lesson from Ben Crane out of the sand... Take it. It's unbelievable. 66% of the time. Uh, I was really impressed by that. All right. Dead last on the PGA Tour in sand saves. Tyler Duncan, 32% of the time. One in three. Interesting. He, when he was in the sand, it was, you know, two times out of three, he was going to not get up and down for par. He was going to bogey. So he went 67 over par from the sand last year. That was by far and away the most as one would assume. Okay, same players that we measured before. I'm going to run down on how well they did. Ricky Fowler finished 12th. 61% of the time, he got up and down from the sand. He was 63% around the green, so just two percentage points lower out of the sand. We kind of get an idea of why sometimes they just go for the sand on the par fives, right? They just rip a three-wood down, put it in the sand. 63% of the time, well, Ricky, 61% of the time, he's going to get up and down for birdie. Phil Mickelson, 59% of the time. So Phil Mickelson got up and down from the sand more frequently or at a higher percentage than he did from around the green. See, that's a little odd, right? That seems strange to me. Justin Thomas got up and down from the sand 
54% of the time. Brooks Kepka, 54% of the time. Dustin Johnson, 52% of the time. Jordan Spieth, 51% of the time. And Tiger Woods, 48% of the time. Most of those players were roughly within 10% from around the green to out of the sand. And sand was usually a little tougher to get up and down in, but they were roughly within 10% of each other. Tiger Woods was 64% from around the green and only 48% from the sand. Meaning what? Tiger should probably hang out on the beach a little bit more, right? And work on his sand game. He's not very far off. I mean, he got up and down 48% of the time. Uh, Kevin Tway, who we're saying is the bench in the middle there at 50% of the time, 49%, right? So he's close within there, but that gives you an idea. From 96 to 119, it's only a percentage point off. So there you have it. So with sand saves then, our benchmark, we've got our, our average. Our Kevin Tway was at 49%, and that was sort of the, in the middle. So 58% for around the green and 49% from the sand as far as sand saves go. So that sets up our benchmark as, I would say, 40 to 50% of the time, we should be able to expect to get out of the sand. And if we're not performing up to that, then that means we should work on our sand game. Now, I know this one's going to be tough. I know there's a lot of courses where you don't have sand to practice. I know there's a lot of courses where the sand just plain sucks. These players are playing from the very best conditions, and they're getting up and down 49% of the time. So I'm going to say 40% of the time, 40 to 50% of the time. Let's make that our benchmark. If you're only getting up and down 40, right around 40% of the time based on the courses we play, I think you should be okay with that, right? Four out of 10 times, you should be okay with that. That seems completely reasonable. Let's set those up then as our benchmarks. We're going to keep track of our scrambling numbers. And if we're able to get up, 50, up and down 50% of the time, we're going to be okay with that. And we're going to say, okay, our game as an amateur is tour quality. And we're going to be okay with that. And we're going to look for something else to work on. Same with sand saves. If we are getting up and down 40% of the time, right around there, 40% of the time, we're going to say, you know what? My sand game's pretty good. I'm going to go worry about something else, something else that I'm weakest in. And by employing this strategy, we will always be working on the part of our game that is the weakest. And we will see our scores improve most rapidly doing it this way. It's just systematically working on the stuff that we're worst at. It's going to change and it's going to fluctuate throughout the year. When you tend to put more practice time on sand, sand saves, then perhaps the driver goes a little awry, right? It's like herding cats. You never get everything firing exactly right all at the same time, right? When all the stars align and you have that one amazing round, that happens not very frequently. But I will say this. If we are always working on the thing that we're worst at, the chances of the stars aligning go up considerably where you can have that super special round because you have no weaknesses. You are systematically working on the weaknesses to bring your game up to where it is tour quality all across all of these benchmarks. If we can get there, we're going to be playing pretty good golf. Thank you for listening. Please remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.